audience of one. And the fact is, is that we have all these different areas of our lives that it's often, um, oftentimes hard to see or understand how we can live for God and with God through us in the different areas. Right? But this, the idea of having an audience of one is realizing that as Christians, all we do, all we say, all we act upon, all we think, all of it, um, really is for our creator, or at least it should be. And, and we need to realize that God alone is enough, right? That in him we aren't lacking anything that, that we need to seek out in this world. There's nothing in this world that we can, we can go after that that we need over what God provides for us through his grace. Um, so we're searching these different areas of our life and exploring uh, as followers of Jesus how we live out this foundation and understanding of God's grace through them. And our, our prayer is that through this series of Audiences One, that, that it's taking this understanding of grace and it's moving it from just biblical knowledge over to biblical living. Okay, that, that we just, it, it translates from just knowing to, to acting, um, and today I want to talk, I want to tackle this very broad area in our lives that has to deal with our emotions. Yeah, we're going to talk about emotions. Um, this area of our, of our life, our emotions, is one that no matter what we do, it affects almost every minute of every hour of every single day. You guys notice that? How much your emotions impact about everything? <laughs> Emotions affect how we, how we perceive different situations and circumstance. They definitely affect how we respond to different situations and circumstances. And they can really drive us to either live in the flesh or, or follow the spirit in an almost infinite number of situations and circumstances that we run into in life. And just, just think about it for a second, okay? Who here has ever gotten out of bed in a really foul mood before? Everybody done that? Okay, now tell me, if that... Um, those kind of emotions, that attitude stuck. How did your day go? Probably not very well, right? Unless you just kind of had a giant attitude change halfway through the day. Now, now on the flip side, who, who here has ever like woken up, excited for the day, ready to take on the world, and you were just in this really good mood? Anybody ever had one of those days? Far less hands just were raised right there. Okay. If, if you have, it probably wasn't a Monday. <laughs> if, you know, if you've done this, but, but if you have, you've just kind of woken up in a really good mood. How did that day go? Probably really well, right? It's amazing the amount of influence our emotions can have on our lives because we, we see almost everything through the lens of our emotions. It, it almost is like a tint that goes over our eyes that we see everything through that color, right? And guys, I can think of so many times that I have acted poorly in a situation all because I chose to let my negative emotions influence the way I was thinking and valuing people. Anybody been there? You know, I, I've done it, you know, with my wife. Uh, I've done it with my friends. I've done it at the church, you know, with my coworkers or, or my students or, you know, the part of the congregation. And I always walk away knowing that I chose wrong when I did it. Every time I'm like, man, Missed that. And, and it's, always, it's always so obvious, right? It, it's never worth it when, when I m- make that kind of mistake. Never once I'm like, man, I'm really glad I acted out of that negative emo- emotion. That went well for me. That's never happened a single time, right? Because emotions play such an intimate and vital role in our lives. They're definitely something that, that we need to learn to live out biblically in our lives. And sometimes I, I don't think we always, I, I had a couple people ask me like, what are you preaching on this week? And I told them emotions and they just kind of look at me like, what does that have to do with anything? And I think that's kind of the point. Like sometimes we don't always understand that 
that emotions, uh, you know, it, they are something that we can live out in the spirit, that we can live for God through our emotions, okay? And none of us can ignore, ignore how, they, how they affect us. Just think, think to your own lives for a second. Think of all the times that your emotions have dictated the way you have reacted or lived out the different everyday situations of your life, either positively or negatively. Okay, think of the way you have acted at home with your spouse, with your family, maybe your kids, your parents, or, or your other loved ones. Think of the way you've acted with your coworkers, your bosses, or, or the people your line of work interacts with. Think of how many times the biggest mistakes you have made came from not keeping your emotions in check. And think of how much more enjoyable life is when you're in a good mood. Life is just so much more enjoyable when you, when you're, when you choose to have a, you know, be in a good mood. Okay, now growing up, um, going to youth group in the early 2000s led me to be very familiar with the music and lyrics of a, a band called Reliant K. Um, and they had a song with the lyrics that said, it's sunny with a high of 75 since you took my heavy heart and you made it light. Now it's funny how you find you enjoy your life when you're happy to be alive. But it's so true, right? It's, it's amazing how we just find life is so much, enjoy, much more enjoyable when, we, when we, have, we choose to keep our emotions in check and we choose to have a positive outlook and, and, and live in these positive emotions. Now, obviously, guys, I, I, I understand. Very much easier said than done. I wouldn't be up here preaching on this if it wasn't. Okay, but what I want to challenge us all with today is the fact that through the grace of God, we have been given every reason to rejoice in this world and that we need to take captive our emotions so that we can use them for God's glory rather than for darkness and pain. Okay, we have plenty to rejoice about. If you guys want to open up your Bibles to Matthew 5, we're going to start in a passage from there. I'm going to test your speed fl- flipping through your Bible skills today, but we're going to be in Matthew 5 for this first chunk. For those of you that are familiar with Matthew 5, you know that this is, um, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we've preached on this a few times lately. We're going to continue to preach out of this. But much of our sermon series uh, is going to be based upon the topics brought, brought up by Jesus to this crowd on a hillside by the Sea of Galilee. Now this sermon, or really it's kind of a group of teachings, has been well documented and used throughout the years in different church and even secular settings, okay? Jesus does an incredible job of isolating these different areas of our lives where it can be challenging for us to live for an audience of one, okay? And he made the arguments to choose to live in the spirit in these areas rather than in the flesh, Before we dive into this text uh, um, on emotions, I want to take a look at why I believe Jesus found these different topics to be so important, though. Okay? Jesus wouldn't have just talked about these different things if they weren't, or if they were obvious or they weren't an issue for a lot of people. Okay? He just wouldn't have wasted his time on it. He had this crowd, this prime opportunity to teach. He wouldn't have wasted his time teaching this if these were things that people were like, well, yeah, duh, or were really easy to understand. Rather, I think Jesus chose these topics because there was a lot at stake for each person on how they chose to live each of these areas out in their own lives. You see, whether we know it or not, guys, whether we see it or even accept it or not, we are all in a battle between the spirit and the flesh. Now, to be honest, it's really not much of a battle because Jesus already won the battle with a decisive victory when he rose from the grave. 
But even still, there, there is a battle going on, a battle where Satan is trying to get a foothold in the different areas of our, our lives, where freedom, love, and grace pour out into our, uh, into our lives and throughout our world when we live in the Spirit in those different areas. And, and because we're in a battle, guys, we need to be smart. We, we, just like anybody who, who takes a battle seriously, you need to know your enemy. Right? You, need to, you need to know their tendencies. You need to know their strategies. You, you need to know their motives. We need to know their intentions and where the enemy is going to attack. And Jesus highlights some of these areas in the Sermon on the Mount. He knows the strategies of what Satan's doing, where he's at work. And so he highlights some of these areas in the Sermon on the Mount. And these areas of our lives that Satan is waging war against are important because the way we choose to live in these areas can go one of two ways. Satan knows this. They can go one of two ways. They can lead us to blessings and freedom, or they can lead us to struggles and imprisonment. And guys, Satan is doing everything he can to get us to go down to the, to, to the struggles and imprisonment. Because he, he knows these are big issues. And he knows they're ones that we tend to struggle with. So these areas that Jesus talks about and that we're going to talk about in this series include our emotions, what I'm talking about today. Uh, our integrity, our money, our purity, and our, how we love our enemies. And these all can and will have a dramatic impact in our lives if we either choose to live in the Spirit or we choose to live in the flesh. In the spirit, their blessings, they lead to the best possible life that we can have here on this earth. But in the flesh, they lead to pain, struggle, heartache, and settling for far less than what God desires for us. Before we dive into this topic of emotions, I, I want to challenge you with just this one thought, and I hope as you come back week, week after week here that this thought kind of challenges you, Okay? And, and, and that's the idea that our lives are not just about us and our stories and living them for God. That's a, that's a misconception. We could so easily get caught up in this idea that our stories revolve around us. Our lives in the Spirit are rather the realization that we aren't even the main character in our own stories. Or at least we shouldn't be. God is the main character in our stories. That's his rightful place. He is the authority. He is our savior. He is our Lord. He is all of it. So it's learning to take these areas of our lives and to recalibrate them to living for the main character of our stories, which is God himself. And when we, it, we can realize that it really isn't about us, it frees us to then live for God through Christ in us and the Holy Spirit, which, like I said, is the best possible life we can have anyways. Okay, so got this understanding a little bit of the Sermon on the Mount and this battle, I, I want to dive into our first text. Now, talking about emotions, we're going to mainly focus on one big one, okay? And, and that's the emotion of anger. And, and I think it's pretty obvious why I chose anger because I believe that anger has the most damaging effects in our lives, but it also has the most free, it's also the most freeing when we can overcome it. Okay, so if you guys want to look at Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 21. It says this, you have heard that it, is, it was said to the people long ago, you shall not m- murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka is available to the, or, I'm sorry, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Okay, so here's Jesus is throwing some heavy body punches. <laughs> All right, because I think this is a pretty scary thing for people to hear coming from his mouth, especially if they understood who Jesus was, the people that were accepting his authority. I know it's pretty scary for me to read this today, okay? It starts off by talking about how murder is wrong, okay? That seems like a given. 
I think Jesus kind of presented like, well, duh, right? He says, well, you, of course you've heard this, right? And it's kind of like the, the lesson we teach on Sunday school to small children, right? Like, okay, kids, don't murder because that's a sin. <laughs> you know, it's pretty obvious, right? Governments and cultures who don't even worship God or accept his authority, even though they are under it, agree that murder is wrong, okay? It's, it's pretty obvious, but he, he kind of sets that up, and he says, in the, um, verse 21 is kind of easy to deal with, but then comes verse 22. He says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And at first glance, I'm like, dang, I'm in trouble, <laughs> because I'm always mad at my older brother, right? He deserves it. It's fine. But, but wow, does, does anyone kind of get slapped in the face a little bit by that? Like, I think it's easy to read and be like, okay, whatever. But like, really think about that. He said, if you are angry with your brother or sister, you will face judgment. It, which really means, when he talks about brother and sister, I, I, it's really meaning fellow Christians. And you can even make the, the contextual argument that he's talking about anybody. Okay, he's talking about anyone. If you're angry with anyone, then you're subject to judgment. But who here has ever been angry with someone before? Bam. We're all facing judgment. <laughs> right? We're all, in, we're all in trouble if thinking it that way, right? But, but wait a second, okay? It, it says that you are subject to judgment. Okay, it doesn't say that you're convicted. It doesn't say you're, you're condemned and automatically guilty of wrong. Okay, but that it will be judged. And I think it's important to realize that, that anger is a God-given emotion, okay? I don't want to... Paint it as a picture that it's not. God, anger is an emotion that God gave us. All emotions are. And, and emotions are good. Therefore, I, you can make the argument that anger can be good at times, right? But just like I mentioned earlier, how we live these areas of our, lives, uh, of our life out can either lead to freedom or it can lead to imprisonment. And emotions all, almost, um, almost seem to go to the top of this list, especially anger, right? Like how we go, which way we, get, we go with emotions, it seems like it tops the list. But if emotions are a good thing, or at least they have the potential to be, we need to realize that God gives us emotions to serve a- as red flags for what's going on around us. Okay, if we have a sense of joy, it's hi- it highlights that there's, that for us to really soak and embrace what's going on. Okay, if there's an emotion of guilt, it's a red flag that the Holy Spirit's probably convicting of us something in that moment. Okay, if it's the emotion of anger, it's highlighting that there's something happening in your life, that something that's going on that's really offensive to you, and you really need to examine why that anger is there. Okay, we can go on and on and talk about how emotions serve as red or even green flags for us in our lives. But what, what we need to know is that God can really use them for his glory when we choose to live out our emotions through the Holy Spirit, okay? I think that's why Jesus says we will be judged based upon how we handle our anger, Okay, just because we're angry doesn't mean we have to act poorly in that anger. Okay, we, we can choose, okay? We can choose, even in our anger, to worship God, to serve him, to live in the spirit rather than in the flesh. We, we still have that choice. Okay, anger just so happens to be one of the emotions that the ramifications are just a little bit higher because of what living in the flesh with our anger can do. I know there's, you know, I, I know my audience here, there's quite a few millennials um, and Carrie sent me this picture. I thought, I thought it was great. So if you want to go up to that next picture, you guys have a phone. <laughs> Cracks me up. Just, Carrie sent this to me. I, was, I, had, I had to use it. But here's the thing. Like, we have a choice, right? You know, we, we can choose to turn off the flesh and turn on the spirit. Very 
trivial way to say this. I understand. But, but, but you know, all we have to do really is, really is just go to the app store, download it, okay? It's, it's free if you're willing to put up with the pop-up ads. It's pretty easy. Just get it on your phone. I know you guys are on I'm sorry, that's a bad joke. So, but guys, so much wisdom comes from handling our emotions correctly and not letting them control you in the flesh, but rather handing them over to God and living them out in the spirit that, that he gives us as his children, I just want to look at a list of scriptures here that talk about, about this wisdom and how to handle our emotions. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of rapid fire here. James chapter 1, 19 through 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Guys, I just had a softball tournament last week where it got really tense. We were in the championship, and the other team was, I mean, they were, they were causing problems and we, you know and it was just so they, they were yelling and screaming and being you know they, it just got really tense and there were times like I said some things and I just went and sat down and I just said in my head quick to listen slow to speak quick to listen slow to speak quick to listen slow to speak right? and slow to become angry okay um, and, and so this is there's so much wisdom here just be rather listen quickly don't talk right away don't you know slow be so if you're going to become angry, do it slowly. Don't make rash decisions because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So we need to take captive of this and, and do what we need to do to prevent it, right? Proverbs 19.11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Okay, well, here's talks about patience. Anybody here struggle with patience at all? Yeah, I see a lot of people laughing, right? Okay, patience, right? um, Patience really comes from wisdom, really realizing how we can look at a a situation and take a step back and not overreact right away. Okay, it it says it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Don't become angry right away. Just move past it. Those times you move past, those times you're offended, man, those situations go so much smoother than the ones where you just act out right away. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 do not, be, uh, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides at the lap of fools. Okay, it says, don't let your emotions just be all over the place. Take captive. Don't jump to one right away, okay? Because in our flesh, we tend to be foolish, and anger resides right there. Proverbs fifteen eighteen: A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. And if you're, if you're always ready to be angry right there, you're going to have fights, you're going to have struggles, all these things are going to be right there. Because that's what comes from that. Colossians 3.8 But now you must also rid yourselves of, su- of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. This is just kind of a small sampling of the number of, of passages in, in Scripture that hit on this area of biblical living. We'll come to back to that last one here in a second. Okay, emotions, guys, they can be very dangerous if we don't keep them in check. I saved one more that I want to spend a little bit more time on. It's out of Ephesians chapter 4. If you guys write in your Bibles and you highlight stuff, this is the one just like take a big marker and circle, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, 26 through 27. It says this, In your anger, do not sin. Say that with me. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Guys, I cannot tell you how many times this verse running through my head has put a check in my spirit and has kept me accountable to acting brashly in a situation. Because we can all understand that anger can lead us to do some pretty horrible things. There are countless prison cells filled with people who acted poorly and sinned in a moment of anger. It's amazing how a life can be completely ruined by acting out in sin when we're angry. 
So this message of Paul is, is, is an important one when it, when it comes to learning to live in the spirit when dealing with our emotions, guys. In your anger, do not sin. That means if you're getting angry, you need to flee from the situation. Take captive of that emotion that you're having and avoid sinning in that situation because the sins that come from anger can be so damaging here in this world. Guys, the ramifications of them, are they seem to be so much more severe than other emotions. Paul goes on to say, to not let the sun go down while you're angry. Guys, this is huge. Uh, I know many people in here um, deal with holding on to grudges over other people. Yeah, I work with teenagers, young adults. I, I see it all the time. People that just hold on to these grudges and it just takes their lives over. Right? You, you feel like you were wronged by an individual or, or someone else was wronged by that individual and you build up a grudge in your heart that festers there for days, weeks, even years. Guys, and I can promise you this, that that is not from God. That is not something that the Spirit's leading to you to. This isn't, that is not the Holy Spirit at work in your life. We need to learn to extend grace in our lives to not be angry with people over a long period of time. We need to realize that we have a God that lavishes grace upon us every minute of every hour of every single day, and we need to do the same. Now, that doesn't mean you have to become best friends with that person that's wronged you or even have anything to do with them in your life, okay? We're also given a spirit of wisdom, right? But it does mean that we need to forgive someone so that we aren't imprisoned by this anger that becomes a a cloud that is blocking the Holy Spirit from guiding us in our lives. So, So don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Hand those angers over to God. Let them go and move forward in love and grace. Guys, that will be so much more enjoyable for you. If you could just, at the end of the day, put your head on a pillow, fall asleep without that anger residing in your heart. You will get a lot better sleep and your, your spirit is going to be in such better condition waking up that next day. And you, you know what? When you learn to do that each and every day, you don't carry those grudges from day to day. You move past it. You, get to, you learn to live in God's grace. It, it's amazing. No one, no one really says that they like being angry. But we sure hold on to it for a long time, don't we? You know, I think it's, I've thought about this, and I, I think it creates this false sense of purpose and, and identity for us. You know, that in your anger, you're standing for something, that, that to let go would be this act or a showing of weakness. But really, it's just pride. It's just your pride. Learn to forgive, learn to live out grace, and learn to be free. In your sin, or in your anger, do not sin. Paul also says, don't let Satan have a foothold. Now, and from my experience, anger is a foothold that Satan will get in and hold on to for the long haul with everything he has, and it can become completely debilitating. People can go their whole lives being imprisoned by anger because Satan got a foothold in their hearts. And he loves it because he knows how powerful it can be. So let me challenge you with this. Let's leave Satan very disappointed in our lives through the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit. Let's leave Satan really disappointed because we took that foothold and we said, nope, you have no power over me, Satan. I will not let you have this area in my heart. That's God. Let's leave him, let's leave him very disappointed. Let's take captive that anger in our lives and hand it over to God in exchange for his grace and send Satan sulking away because he missed an opportunity to penetrate and ruin our lives. In your anger, do not sin. Because I'm telling you this from experience. 
Let this be on repeat in your brains as you move through life. In my anger, do not sin. In my anger, do not sin. Because it will save you from so much heartache and it will help lead you to a life in the spirit, which is the best possible existence for us all. To get a glimpse of this, uh, let's look at what living our emotions in the spirit can lead us to, okay? I, I, I showed you Colossians 3.8 earlier. It said, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. But I want to take a look at the next set of verses right after that. Starting in verse 9. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on, a new, on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, seethen, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgiveness, uh, or, I'm sorry, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And of, uh, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Does anyone else get excited when thinking of this kind of life? Man, it sounds good. Sounds peaceful. Sounds like a life that I would want to be a part of. A life realizing that we are being renewed in the image of our creator. A life where we are, clo- we are clothing ourselves with the fruits of the spirit through our emotions. Where we're known for our compassion, our kindness, our humility, our gentleness, and our patience. A life where we are forgiving one another through grace because God has forgiven us through his amazing grace. A life where we get to love Perfectly because God loves us perfectly and through that we are united in a perfect peace that is ruling in our hearts. A life where we are so thankful because God is good. That's the, that is a life of freedom, of joy, of purpose. A life where, where we're taking captive our emotions and, and we choose to live them out in our identity as Christ, of Christ in us. Not just saying, well, I'm only human. You're you're not. You have Christ dwelling in your heart. You are more than your flesh when you are in Christ. And this, believe it or not, this, this beautiful picture of this life is the life that we're called to have. It's not some dream, some far off fantasy. This is the life that Jesus died on a cross to make possible for, for, for you to have. And it's there for each of us to be a part of if we choose to live in the Spirit with grace flowing through us rather than in the prison, imprisonment of our flesh. So church, I implore you to be intentional when it comes to your emotions in your life. Take inventory of how you're feeling. Repent of those emotions that, that have not or you are not giving over to God. 
Forgive those that you have wronged so that, so that you can be free from that and so Satan won't have a foothold in your life. Live this life of freedom in your emotions because it is the best possible life that you can have. And Jesus made it possible for you to do it. Don't waste it for something so inferior. Don't trade your freedom for a jail cell. Be free. That's really my prayer for all of us. And you guys, well, I know that all this, I know this is true. Okay, this is God's word. It's not, this isn't the gospel of Drew up here, right? This is God's word. I know it's true, but it can be so hard sometimes. Satan's crafty. He's relentless. He slips in without us even knowing it. But our God is greater. In fact, it's, it's not even a contest, guys. It's, it's kind of a silly comparison. Because our God is the great I am. When you do make mistakes, learn from them. Use the grace in your life to lead you to freedom. That, that's really what God wants from us, right? And, and when we do this, when we learn to live in the freedom of God's grace, we can lead others to do the same. We can go and make disciples, telling people about this freedom and, uh, and this love and this grace of our great God. Because we've been given every reason to rejoice in this world. We've been given every reason to rejoice in this world because we are the sons and daughters of the great I am. The, the most high God who loves us relentlessly. Let's live in that love. Let's live in that freedom. Let's pray. Father, I, I just pray for all of us right now that we can just learn, number one, just to glorify you with our lives and all that we do. And as, we're t- as we talked about tonight, Father, this, this audience of one with our emotions, Father, sometimes we just say, well, emo- emotions, are, they're beyond my control. They're, they're outside of a life in the Spirit, but they're not. Father, they affect everything. So, Father, may we just learn to trust you with our emotions. May we learn to just relinquish control over our emotions. And Father, may we just hand them over to you for you to rebuild our hearts, reconstruct our hearts with your spirit and be our guide. And leading, uh, lead us to take captive these emotions and be so intentional with them. Father, may we use them to glorify you. May you be glorified through the way we, we choose to act the, we, the way we choose to deal with our anger, the way that we choose to have joy. Father, may you be glorified through all of that. And Father, may we just learn that that is where le- freedom truly lies. May we choose freedom every time. May we live this life of grace for you, this, our audience of one, because that's the best possible existence that we can have here on this earth, Father. And it glorifies you. Father, you are the main character of our stories. And we never forget that. So may we hand all these things over to you. May we let you be in control. May we trust you. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.